Hello and welcome to Music Speaks. This podcast dedicates itself to how music impacts people's lives. For the show, we usually have three co-hosts, myself, Hunter Sagana, our friend Mary Haddix, and our friend Sean Kunis. Sean, Mary, and I all believe that many people have a playlist that makes their life unique through music. We pride ourselves on building upon our musical knowledge with our featured guests, jamming to incredible music, talking about a wide variety of artists and composers, and everything in between. Our quote of the day is from Marcel Proust. Let us be grateful to the people who make us happy. They are the charming gardeners who make our souls blossom. Today, I get the uh, great honor of taking the Proust uh, questionnaire and answer some really deep questions that uh, maybe <laughs> might get into existence and music. And it's, it's always good this time of year to take some time just to reflect. And um, I think this list is, uh, you know, a pretty solid uh, reflection if you ask me. So hopefully um, you guys get uh, your own answers to the questions that we go through and you can um, use this as a time to reflect on your own year as well. But um, it's been great so far, so uh, let's get going. Okay, and we are really excited to get this show on the road. We have my friend Mary Haddix taking on the Proust Questionnaire Challenge. Mary, we've asked this question to a lot of guests over the time that we've been together, we work together. Um, how full of performance anxiety are you at this <laughs> given moment? Well, I'm just bubbling with excitement, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> I know this questionnaire can really get very heavy, but... I'm excited for you to do it with us this time around. Um, are you ready? Let's do it. Okay, here we go. What is your idea of perfect happiness? So for this, I there is no answer that's that's good enough to be honest. Um, you know, we're brought up as children to have really big dreams, so we we chase, um, or at least I was. Um, so. For me, this is still some sort of mystical uh, thing I see in the future, but um, it doesn't mean that I don't have happiness now. So um, perfect happiness for me is being surrounded by family and having a full belly, like that Christmas afternoon feeling um, when, you know, everyone's close. Um, this semester, I have lived like the farthest I've ever lived from home, mm -hmm. and um, it's taught me that my idea of happiness is very centered on location too. Um, it's just being close to, um, to home and uh, the people that I love. So perfect happiness is very centered in family. And um, I don't think that it can get more perfect than that. Okay. All right. The second question is, what is your greatest fear? Um, greatest fear would be probably something connected to the first, <laughs> um, you know, I'll let imaginations go there. Um, the other thing is, um, music is, um, how I express myself. It's how I relate to others. And, um, I am most passionate about helping others find their passion about music. So I think that my greatest fear would be something, to happen to me to that wouldn't allow me to communicate that anymore. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, the third question is, what is the trait you most deplore in yourself? 
Oh gosh. Um, well, uh, you know, I'm a perfectionist, huh? um, trademark interview question, but um, I think I have some in, like just insecurities um, that are very connected to um, like silly, silly kind of things like um, like physical insecurities in some ways. And um, I've never been a person that would ever um, advise someone that way. Like, I'm always going to tell you that you are gorgeous inside and out. And like, I struggle with doing that with myself. And um, I think a lot of us are willing to turn a blind eye sometimes to how we treat ourselves. But like, I, especially this year have, uh, been quite under the spotlight so there's no way for me to really do that uh well when you know i'm alone 14 hours away from home and in a lot of ways and you know i have i have people that you know remind me of the parts of myself that i do like um in texas and it's not like you know my life there is any lacking in that sense but you know i do wish that there was a part of me that wouldn't just like willingly let myself dislike things about myself. Um, I wish that a part of me fought harder for myself some ways. And, you know, saying the thing is, is believing. So this is uh, probably where I'd put a, a punchline revolution or um, what's the word resolution, okay. not revolution, but resolution for the new year. So yeah. What is a trait that you deplore in others? Um, we'll go surface level for this one. Uh, one of my pet peeves is, um, uh, fixed in ignorance. Um, I, um, in my line of work, I work with a lot of, you know, students and I see a lot of, um, families and, you know, luckily as a private music teacher, um, that gives way to, you know, all sorts of positive situations. But I also, I do see how, um, some people are willing to treat their children in some ways. And I'm not going to go too far into it, but I think that the person that would be willing to, I don't know, I, it, the worst person in the world, like the last circle of hell was reserved for people who are children um, in my eyes or animals, you know? <laughs> um, so I think some sort of like narcissism is packed away in this, but um yeah, <laughs> we'll go with that. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, which living person do you most admire? Um, you know, deep down, I've all, I, I just love Betty White. And her birthday, her 100th birthday is coming up in January. Wow. And that woman ha is going to have a huge party thrown for her. Um, you know, and I think... I. I probably have a list of like three or four, but they're definitely all women <laughs> um, that I would put on this list. Um, and Dolly Parton's another one. Um, and Betty White and Dolly Parton both have like multiple organizations that are built for like young student education, like Dolly's uh, book program. Oh, right. Just to uh, Kentucky, actually, every student will get a free book for Christmas every year now wow. in the state of Kentucky or something like that. Um, but um yeah i think that people like dolly and betty white um live 
not without fear, but through fear, mm-hmm. um, past fear. Um, and they can turn it into some really good things for people. So, um, yeah, that answers the question. <laughs> okay. All right. What about, what is your greatest extravagance? Chocolate. <laughs> I will eat basically like anything chocolate. And so when it comes to my, my dad would always say my mom was a, an expensive date. Um, but my boyfriend knows that, uh, the part of the date I care most about is the chocolate. Um, on our first, uh, it was our month anniversary, um, when we first started dating. Um, I remember we had sushi and steak and then he was like, okay. And then I figured you'd want like two off of the menu. And one of them was this giant cake, like the size of my head. And yeah, that's me. So I spend money in chocolate. (laughs) Okay. Very admirable. What is your current state of mind? Um, well, I mean, we're all in the, like, the winter stupor of the, the few days before. It's like the literal, um, not luau, but uh, limbo. Like, we're in limbo during the, the seven days after Christmas. Yeah. Um, and um, not to go too far into it, actually, but a really good friend of mine, I was supposed to be at a wedding uh, today, and... Um, they broke off the wedding a few weeks ago. Um, so a, a little bit, I was supposed to be busy this week celebrating them. And now, you know, I'm kind of in the limbo within the limbo um, in some ways. So I don't know. It There's also a part of me that during the last week of 2021 feels like we are still impending 2020 like this receipt did not stop it just kept going and rather you know so i don't feel like i I guess i would describe it as almost waiting for the other shoe to drop in some ways um Mm -hmm. which is a terrible place to be because that's where we were last year (laughs) in a lot of ways everyone just wanted to get rid of the year and i think that they uh you know me personally, I am just, uh, the the last thing I'll say about this is that um, for me personally, um, my partner, um, I, our partner's happiness should be very important to us, yes, but he got a new job this year. And so for me, the holiday time has been not only, you know, being able to spend time at home after being out for school, but also to like see him interact with his students in a different light and to really um he just he loves it so much um where he is and um not to wrap my state of mind around him but considering that i do drive home to be with with family for holidays and how much time i get to spend around him imagine the perspective shift between being here full-time in july and then being here full-time in december you you can't just turn some of it off you I'm experiencing all of it at the same time. So I guess that all comes together to where this week um, between Christmas and New Year's is actually one of the better years, I would say, in terms of like the impending winter depression. Um, And, you know, I'm answering that question before I drive back to Texas, but uh, (laughs) we'll see. So. Right. Mary, my next question is who do you consider what do you consider the most overrated virtue? This is a hard one. Um, I 
for me, maybe I started the other end. So like ones that like you just can't go without, like uh, so many people, especially now on social media, like truth and honesty don't fall very high on people's, at least it doesn't seem like it's someone's priority. But I think that like, if you're going to have any sort of virtue, it, it should be honesty. So I think overrated virtue, it's probably something to do with greed to be honest, again, just, you know, um, overestimating what you deserve and, um, yeah, sorry. I don't have a better answer for that right now. No, I do like that answer. A lot. It's, it's very, very honest and very sincere. Um, <laughs> on what occasion do you lie? I did not mean to answer the previous one as if, okay. Um, <laughs> funny. Um, yeah. Santa. Santa, there you but go. But we don't lie. We just, you know, suspend the truth until <laughs> he can come in from the ruffle. Um, but I think uh, I said something earlier about like how I treat myself. I do lie to myself, and that's something that I just have to accept. Sometimes I think everyone does it, um, and in some ways, it's how I, you know. <laughs> cope and then you know the light turns on the next day and I'm like oh wait <laughs> I have to clean this pile of clothes you can't <laughs> no um but I don't think it's okay to lie for any reason unless it's like no I totally didn't buy you that jacket that you wanted from the store um things that will have like immediate repercussion mm -hmm. and also I I have really bad poker face like, <laughs> so I don't try it. <laughs> um, when I have kids, they will eat me alive, just as my middle schoolers have before me. So it is fine. Mary, what do you most dislike about your appearance? Can you talk um, about that? Why? <laughs> Sorry, this is the first thing that's going to come out of my mouth, but it's not a bad thing. Um, I always get told I look like my dad. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, some things. Um, my mom says I'm a prettier Kimmy. But um, nice. on the other side of things, I've never been secure about my hands. Um, I pick at my fingers, and it's like a, a fidget tactic. And one of my hands is hidden by my bell when I'm playing horns, so, like, that doesn't bother me but like close-up pictures of your left hand like I have never felt right about my nails and I used to do the whole like painting thing to keep them from doing it but really it doesn't help so I have to like use fidget toys mm -hmm. still or like click pins and stuff so um I'm most just like how I work with my hands I think which living person do you most despise Oh, gosh. Um, I don't think I'm going to say any one particular person, although um, there's probably a handful that could be there, um, considering. But uh, this is a generalization, and it's not necessarily about the person, but um, the idea and the fact that the trajectory like jeff bezos could angle his trajectory in a way and then get out <laughs> quick just infuriates me about the entire mm -hmm. um uh 
capitalism system in a lot of ways. Um, and I think people that are willing to step on the heads of others, and there are many of those, uh, you could probably put in this slot and I'd be happy. Okay. Uh, yeah, we do not step on the others. We, we walk up the hill together. So. What, what is the quality you most like in man? Okay, first of all, these are gender-assuming questions. Um, yes. So I'm going to say... Um, a, a sense of... not Loyalty is the wrong word in some ways. I think virtue or, like, um, humility is a good word for it. Um, a lot of men that I meet... And granted, um, I am also a woman, and statistically, our brains function or, or they develop slightly faster. So I don't know where along the line this affects things. But um, <laughs> I, I think uh, you have to be willing to, um, I think, humility to a point of, of um, sorry, I'm totally chopping up this answer so i'm just gonna go with humility and cut it there because there's a lot of reasons that that could be a choice so. okay can i ask the same question about a woman absolutely not yeah um well um i think had you asked me this question like 30 years ago there would have been some sort of like cookie cutter like mother quote stuck here um which is kind of why i don't like these two questions um mm -hmm. but I, I think uh, as a woman, um, I would be forever lost if I didn't have, and I don't have a mother's intuition, but um, most women, and this, I, I guess, is a mother thing, but we have perfected this side eye. <laughs> so I believe that a good woman can truly inflict fear into the, the hearts of mankind with only a look, which comes from a hardened lifestyle. Like uh, my, <laughs> the person in my mind I'm envisioning is my high school chemistry teacher. And um, she could, uh, that woman tattooed on her eyeliner and every single day I missed for band, I was in her room another day of the semester cleaning her beakers and stuff. So like she was even. And um, my senior year, we had 11 people pass uh, the AP test, like when she retired. So she was really on it, terrifying woman. Um, so yeah, does that tell you how I like my women? <laughs> <laughs> what, or actually, which words or phrases do you most overuse? Um, like, really? <laughs> I don't know. I um, Most of the students that I teach are middle school right now. So most of my, you know, the people that I see during the week are 14. So um, you would think that that makes me more hip to what your children think. No, um, actually, it just displaces me further. Right. Um, mm -hmm. See? Um. <laughs> but... I don't know. I, I think I wish I had a better one for this. I don't know. I have I one, like... but I'll share it with you later. 
Oh, uh, yeah. Well, um, I mean, if y'all are really curious about what phrases I overuse, just go listen to my time on this podcast. I don't know about you, but when you do a podcast together, we don't just write out every word that we no, say. We <laughs> Sean tries to, but um, no, I'm, I'm mostly kidding. So, uh, yeah, I, I hope I don't overuse most phrases too much. So, okay. okay. <laughs> Um, what or who is the greatest love of your life? You know, I like pizza a lot. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, this question could be anything and ha uh, everything. Um, you know, I, part of me definitely would answer this to say that my partner is. And, um, the other part of me is the, the teacher part of me, um, in some ways. Um, but I really like pizza. So, <laughs> so to not discriminate. <laughs> oh, should I be talking about pastas instead? Oh, no, I meant your partner versus anyone else. It's oh, probably safer oh, to choose pizza. Oh, you said discriminate. Yeah. You said something about eating. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Weird. Um, when and where were you happiest? Oh, gosh. Mm. I mean, I'm pretty happy lately. Um, long distance is hard, but we've done it before. And, um, you know, you just got to have someone that's willing to fight it with you. But um, I think I'd have to go back to, like, safety of childhood kind of days. Um, before my brother, so before I was seven? <laughs> no, no. Um, <laughs> I, and then, you know, I, I think my freshman year of college might have been my peak in some ways. And unfortunately, that uh, that's very connected to, like, when I lost my dad. But, like, my freshman year of college, like, I had a new boyfriend. I was going to college. I was doing the thing. Like, I did all the things. And then sophomore year happened. And I feel like ever since, my mental health has never gotten back to where it was. Um, and I don't think that that's because of um anything in particular not even just like the weight of grief i think it's just how i've come to handle adulthood in a lot of ways so i think the win part of that phrase is probably more um consistent um but where is always the same and it's the answer i had to number one i love that answer um, my last question before I hand the questions over to Hunter, which is, I believe it's about talent. Yes. Which talent would you most like to have? Um, I feel like I need like a D and D chart to pick talents or something. Um, <laughs> no, but really what I'm thinking of is like the fallout perk chart. Um, okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, and then, um, we say talent, I guess. Um, I'm going to answer this like a superpower. Um, mm -hmm. There might be a superpower on here, but I don't think there is. Um, but um, I think, so you know how empaths can not only just feel what comes to them, but they can influence what goes to others. Mm -hmm. I think I'd like something like that. Okay. Okay. Talents. Two and others. All right, Hunter, go ahead, buddy. Okay. I am taking the next one. 
Okay, sorry, I was taking my notes. So I was clicking along. All right, so um, Mary, if you could change one thing about yourself, what would it be? <laughs> oh gosh. Um, I think too much. <laughs> You think too much? Oh, exactly. Overthinking? And it's, yeah, and it's something that, like, I have absolutely zero hope of ever fixing, and I don't want to, because all of my crazy ideas come from the ninth night of thinking about it. I might procrastinate <laughs> from a literal perspective, but, like, I have done my homework a thousand times in my head before I do it, so that... <laughs> okay, quick side note. Um, I had to ace my theory final to be in a good place this semester, and I did it. So, um, uh, yeah. But if I could change one thing about myself, I think it'd be skip steps one through 35 of getting it perfect and just go straight to the, you know what I mean? Wow. <laughs> I'm very, very meticulous and picky, except when I'm not. So I wish that I would not overthink. I wish I'd think uh, Goldilocks, Goldilocks brain. Ah, uh, yes. All right, so this one's interesting. If you were to die and come back as a person or a thing, what would it be? But giving, making yourself more in tune with the Buddhist side of thinking. Um, this has to be, uh, oh gosh, or a thing. You know, a pipe organ would be really cool. <laughs> oh, wow, that is so specific. Yeah, well, I mean, I, you've never been asked this question to be, be a person or a thing. It's or always a, thing. a person or an animal or a living thing. And that always has to be something with wings, in my experience. But, mm -hmm. like, if I could be a pipe organ, you know, imagine. Imagine being an instrument that not only requires four limbs to play, but also shakes the building that you're in. Yes, it, like your presence will be known no matter what you do. Yeah, yeah that I think would be really cool. So <laughs> That's so interesting. Yeah, imagine, um, you know, uh, all the pipes were like mouths at the end of it, and you mm -hmm. saw an aerial view of a pipe organ. Yeah, mm -hmm. there's a there cartoon somewhere in there. Um, also, uh, maybe do number 19. Did we skip that? Oh, my bad. It's okay. What would you consider your greatest achievement? Um, oh, I shouldn't have had you do this one. I, I don't know. Um, see, you should have let me skip it. I know. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I'm 26 and I'm not dead yet. Um, <laughs> that's a good achievement. I mean, to be honest with you, and this is going to be kind of superficial, but I'm going to take it because it's almost 2022, YOLO. Um, you only have one 2021. So um, anyways, uh, I think, so my ability to go to UNT is something that I never dreamed of. I really didn't because you have to understand where I came from as a person. And, and in Kentucky, like Texas is the worshiped music world. Like right. you go to school in Kentucky for music and you hear some sort of Texas band at some point. And if you get into drum corps, like the game's over, like, you know, Texas yeah. band is a thing. And so we had told stories of, you know, like kids in Texas can play circles around you when they're in ninth grade, you know? And, um, I think, uh, I just never really recognized, you know, that was possible for me. So um, I'm not saying like getting into the school is uh, the greatest achievement for me because it's not. Um, and 
for me, the reason I brought this up is inherently uh, connected to what my dad and I shared because he was a musician too. And um, I, you know how, and this might get a little deep so we can fast forward some, but you know how um, when you lose someone, the first thing that people start to say is like, they'd be so proud of you. Um, because you and like that's what you say to a person because you know they would be and um so I think part of what I would consider as like my greatest achievement is something that I can really and uh, there's a whole bunch of weird like validation kind of things twisted in this but it feels like I can feel that he's proud of me in some ways the fact that I won't am at UNT and not just being there, but like just kind of getting out on my own. So mm -hmm. um, I think having the strength to, to make this choice for doctorate because I um, have never in my life been someone that chooses myself. And I remember like when I was trying to decide where to go, it was really important to me and my mom, especially um, she told me, you know, you need to go where you want and need like should go like I pros and cons to it. I did all of it, but I made the choice and like, I'm there. It's something that I didn't think that I ever really had the strength to do. So um, I guess I'm just thankful for personal character development. <laughs> oh, that's good. You know, and it's something yeah. I think that people often overlook, which leads to a lot of like self-deprecating feelings about oneself. So acknowledging that I think is something that's definitely beneficial. Um, yeah. All right, now let's make sure I don't skip the next one. Where would you most like to live? Um, this doesn't uh, um, forbid fictional places. So it does um, not. I'm a Hogwarts girl, inside and out. Um, <laughs> Solid. But um, no, if I had a real answer for this, uh, living somewhere, I've never been outside of the country yet. Um, that's a really big yet. Um, but, um, I can't wait to change that. So I think within the United States, if I had to choose and could just wave a wand and end up somewhere, um, I mean, I really love Kentucky. Like Kentucky is one of these homegrown Southern kind of states. Like we're not Southern, like the rest of the South, mm -hmm. um, in a lot of ways. So I, I really do like Kentucky. And I think if I could answer that, um, on a whim, it'd probably be something like, outskirts of Chicago. So I could like sub into the city and sub out. Interesting. I bet that probably picked uh, people by surprise. That took them by, the, by surprise. Outskirts of Chicago. All right. I, I like busy. I like old hole in the wall bookstores, stuff like that. Which makes sense. That would be the vibe that you'd get from those kind of places, that kind of place. Okay. Um, what is your most treasured possession? Um, I mean, uh, the, uh, the true answer is my French horn. Um, cause that's like, I have to have that anywhere I go. Uh, it also is, uh, the price of my car, but, um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, and that could be a good answer. That could be your answer. I have, well, I, there's a couple other things. Um, I have a couple things from, um, my dad actually, um, like, 
his personal like warm up routines that he hand wrote when he was in high school. Like I have old memories of, of that and like old journals. So um, I think just having those to have my connection to him because um, I mean, it's been six years and it's still, I mean, it never does get easier, but like I decided to keep my head down this path. So like I have to, Right there. I just can't get around confronting this a lot. <laughs> like I have memories that are deeply connected to him. So I think having like actual concrete um, things that remind me that what I'm doing is not only something I was raised to believe is worth it, but I am also worth it. So, yeah, but like having those parts of dad's past are important to me. So. Very nice. All right. What do you regard? This is interesting. Uh, what do you regard as the lowest depth of misery? Um, I think that. Oh, I wish I could give you like a, a villain that I think is the epitome of this. I just didn't think about it for long enough. Um, so I think misery is a place um it's something that we can leave if we only have the strength to do so ourselves um <clears throat> so i think that not that mis misery is man-made but that misery um is something that we can affect normally like you can you can choose um and so I think the lowest depth of misery would have to be something, um, I don't know, you burn bridges with your immediate family somehow, um, whatever that may be. Um, and then you go and you buy a drink and you're sitting at the bar. And I think that that is the lowest pit is like immediately after because I mean, we've all done things that we regret and um, we all say that it'll be better tomorrow. So I think that uh, the lowest depth of misery is um, fleeting is not the right word either, but it's like viscous. Like if you, if you hit the lowest depth of misery at a certain point and you continue to live that way, it gray washes it in a lot of ways, which is why I think a lot of people get stuck in negative cycles or negative personal cycles um, because misery, what's, th what's the phrase? Misery breeds company. Misery loves company. Yeah. Loves company. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all grayscale. So um, I don't think that that's a great direct answer, but that's my discussion of how I feel about being miserable. <laughs> it was good. Very insightful. <laughs> Um, all right. What is your favorite occupation? Oh, gosh. You know, I have always, always, always just been so fascinated with the people that make balloon animals and tourism. <laughs> you know, can you imagine like the guys that get paid to go to a restaurant simply to make balloon animals? Like, <laughs> I don't think I could do that. And I blow into a tube for a living. Like, <laughs> I, I probably could, but like, I think I'd pop too many and just mm -hmm. get, and then be frustrated with how the dog's ears weren't like symmetrical. Um, and then 
if it happened to be because the best version of those are like the dick's last resort version like the x-rated like will totally make uh inappropriate things and balloons and then look at them and laugh like i i mm. think that that occupation is my favorite entity and i will never do it <laughs> so that or like circus kind of um like stilt walkers mm -hmm. um i gotta be careful about using the circus word because you know to each their own but uh, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so that's a good one that's pretty funny um so if anyone is listening and you happen to be a stilt walker or you happen to be a balloon animal uh, maker, Mary clearly has great respect for your job. <laughs> uh, what is your most marked characteristic? Um, marked. So like the thing that is immediately evident about me when you meet me. Yeah. Well, I'm a very dry person. Um, and I don't talk a ton. I talk so much more now than I used to ha, on a podcast where you guys listen to me talk. Um, so I, I used to say that I was a really shy person, but actually I think I'm defined. Well, there is a definition here of this um, by the complete opposite that of that. Now um, I wouldn't say I'm in um, what's, I almost said extortionist. I'm not an extrovert. That's, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm different. Still, yeah, I'm still an introvert. Like social energy uh, takes away from me mm -hmm. um, in a lot of ways still. But um, I think a lot of people, and especially like my friends in Texas, would tell you that like I reached out first mm -hmm. in in the relationship, and and I think you know. It's not that I'm going for like um, reaching too far into people, but um, I just, I try to put on a, an amiable face. And so I'm definitely not an extrovert anymore, but I would say that uh, extroverted uh, introductions are one of my marked characteristics. <laughs> All right. Um, what do you most value in your friends? Uh, honesty and trust. Um, oh, you can do that one right away. Yeah, I mean, I just, I think, and that's hard because of how much, you know, we as people don't notice when we lie to ourselves too. Because um, I think that there's a conversation for that in this question too. But um, I think, you know, honesty to yourself, to others um, is really important because all I want to do is help you. And if if you're not willing to give me, you know, something I can work with as in truth, um, I don't know how to traverse that relationship, you know? Yeah, uh, that makes sense. Uh, who are your favorite writers? Gosh. Oh. Have you guys read Michelle Obama's books? I have not. Um, I actually really like her, um, her like uh, literary voice, her writing voice. Um, and I think it's a short list. Um, I just, I loved the Harry Potter books so much. 
Um, so I would say J.K. Rowling, but we all know how that came back. And then also, I feel like a lot of my connection to that franchise is steeped in the movies, too. Hmm. So when I think back to writing that has comforted me, um, you know, I really like um, Amanda Gorman's stuff that's new. I'm a poetry person, although I have horrible memory. So, um, and then, you know, there's a long list of like songwriters that I think I would put as my favorite writer. Mm -hmm. um, like Brandon Urie. Uh, I just, I think there's a lot of people that could fit this bill <laughs> for me. And it, yeah. um, I wouldn't put all of them to be compared to each other because they're different kind of writing. So, yeah. But um, yeah. Very cool. And then uh, who is your favorite, uh, sorry, who is your hero of fiction? Um, that's a hard one because there's so many. Jiminy Cricket. Interesting. I think that um, being a wallflower on someone's shoulder is what I try to be. I literally tell my students, you know, if you can imagine me, you know, on your shoulder yelling at you about that partial, that's me. And then there's also another me sitting on your other shoulder. telling <laughs> you So, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll go with that. Just constantly playing French horn in their ear. Mm -hmm. um, all right. So we got Jiminy Cricket. So mm -hmm. then uh, which historical figure do you most identify with? Uh, I don't know. Um, so I, I, when you guys said we should do the Prowse questionnaire, I made the decision to skim the questions because I wanted them to be fresh answers. I thought about some of them, but like I did mm -hmm. not spend a lot of time looking through this. So when it comes to historical figures, um, my brain immediately goes to like what I was taught in school. Okay. And mm -hmm. a large part of my second, third, fourth grade territory was Anne Frank, or maybe fifth, yeah. sixth, I don't know. Um, but the story of Anne Frank was a huge deal in American textbooks. And um, so I think not that like, I, you know, am Jewish and not that I would be any of those things, but I think if I were to meet historical figures, if I were to meet Anne Frank, I would sympathize with her immediately and quickly. And, mm -hmm. you know, and I think that there's also a lot of people that could stick in that boat. So, mm -hmm. um, but Anne Frank is uh, just the one that comes up in my brain first as like the most, maybe the most relatable or the one that I thought of the most while I was in school. So there's a lot of, um, musical figures that I thought about for this because um, I don't know, everyone wants to be Dolly and like uh, a few other things too, like um, horn player stories and whatnot. But um, mm -hmm. I'd have to go with that at least just for a short answer. Okay, very good. Uh, who are your real life heroes? Um, my mom. Um, Corey's mom. 
right. You know, I, I don't know. There's um is that your boyfriend? Huh? Is that you? Corey is your partner? Oh, that, yeah. Um, but I think that when I think of who are my heroes, the the list is overwhelmingly female. <laughs> um, you know, I have I have some band directors like um the band director of Bourbon County is one of the people I put on this list too. Like he has gone from little town and he's going to be um, a big shot someday and he's really good at what he does. So um, I don't know. I wish I had framed this one better. There's so many people I could talk about here. So. Mm -hmm. uh, what is your, uh, what, sorry, what are your favorite names? Hmm. This is a weird question. I don't know. Um, I'll talk about my cats. I didn't name them. The jazz <laughs> guys are pretty cool names. Um, so I think this question, what are your favorite names? Uh, it's supposed to bring up like either memories or I don't know, maybe some sort of language. I, I don't know. So what are my favorite pet names? Um, how do you name pets? That's what this question is to me. Um, okay. But I think pet names should be, they shouldn't all be inside jokes, but I, yes, I absolutely want to meet your Sir Winifred III. Absolutely <laughs> deserves all of that shining armor. But also, like, everyone wants, uh, like, a cat named Bip. Like, <laughs> you know, like, just, like, short... So I don't have a good answer for this. Um, I guess the word is genuine and uh, thoughtful. Mm. So genuine and thoughtful pet names. Uh, all right. What is it that you most dislike? Um, I don't know. We, we talked earlier um, about some deeper stuff, but also I if you like chew really loudly or chew gum really loudly, that is one thing that will make me like walk the other way, like very quickly. And I say that full well knowing that um, I can eat like a pig sometimes, but um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's pretty that, funny. Yeah, I think uh, making noise while you talk, that's not talking. It's not very uh, money of you, not very cash money. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what is your greatest regret? Oh, um, I mean, we can get way down deep in the grotto for this, but actually, um, I really wish I had done drum corps. Um, and um, I, part of the reason that I didn't, you know, not making excuses, but like that decision came at a time in my life where like it was important that I was home. And mm -hmm. then, you know, I, it was just never something that was in the cards for me. And also it's, it's a financial, um, not burden, but endeavor. That's the word I wasn't for. Yeah. Um, so I, I do wish that I had done drum corps. I think that there are things pedagogically about horn that I could be better at if I had done drum corps. But I also think that drum corps is also a mellophone degree in some ways you know so right um sorry i'm rambling here but um i do regret not doing drum corps it's it's something that 
had I been able to do one of the, you know, like top eight cores, I think it would have been absolutely great. But if I hadn't been able to do one of the top eight, I think it would be not necessarily disappointing. But if you do drum core, you do one of the good ones, as everyone around me has always said, quote, unquote. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you tell me. But I don't know. Um, all of my bourbon students are auditioning for Phantom this year. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. And, you know, I, they're all great. And my my baby cousin, ooh, this is super cool news. Um, but my baby cousin in um, Texas, he's a, a senior, and he just made fifth snare on the Santa Clara Vanguard snare line. Ah. So, yeah. Um, Sean's giving cool. his golf clap. <laughs> but um, was the question my greatest regret? Yeah, I yeah. definitely... I regret not doing drum corps because I can't share in the stories. So, and I always, I, I'm one of the dweebs that did enjoy marching band, despite my, you know, dry aptitude for mellophone. Um, <laughs> I, I do love it. So, Very neat. Uh, a little, little deep now for our second to last question here, but how would you like to die? Oh, what's that? Uh, not with a bang, but a whimper. Um, dang it. I wish I had that quote in my head. <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about? It's, it's a card in Cards Against Humanity. Uh, like a question card. But, um, yeah, Hunter's like, this is going to be deep, and I'm just like, squirrel. Uh, yeah, like Cards Against <laughs> Humanity. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, I'm trying to keep a limit here. But, um... Oh gosh, don't you think it would be super cool just to get like, okay, that was a horrible sentence. Uh, I was just imagining like getting catapulted <laughs> out of the mountain and like splatting against the wrong mountain, you know? <laughs> um, oh God. Or like, I'm, I'm thinking of like those silly um, video games, like um, Fall Guys. Like, if you could die being one of the guys in the Fall Guys game. Have you ever played that game, Hunter? Oh, it's no. literally, so, like, 80 of you end up in one maze, and then you, like, fight to the finish line, but you play as, like, bubbly, wobbly characters that, like, bounce around and get, get thrown around like marshmallows. <laughs> so, why am I talking about this when you ask me how I wanted to die? Because that would be pretty cool. Mm -hmm. like, yeah. But, um, because then you'd just pop right back up and do it all again. Mm, all righty then. Uh, last one. What is your motto? Oh gosh. Um, I don't know if I have one. Um, no, no motto by which you live your life. I'm a multifaceted person, Hunter. Um, <laughs> no, I, I think, oh, what was I going to say? I had something and then dang it brain. Um, oh, um, have you guys ever seen Meet the Robinsons? Uh, parts of it. Keep moving forward. Um, I think if I had to stick something on it, it I would either would be something like a quote from Leonard Bernstein, and there are way too many good ones, or um, keep moving forward. Uh, I think we can all learn something from that. And um, I didn't really get into it too much and um you know i'm thankful for that this year has been lighter on me than others in terms of this but 
um, grief has always been something that I carry around with me every day. And um, we all have our own weight with that. But I think the motto, keep moving forward, allows us to at least continue instead of sit in stasis. And I think going into the new year, that's what I want the most is, is to move forward um, and not get, you know, mucked up in the past or things that happened before the pandemic, or this is how we did it when we were here and now we don't do it that way anymore. I just, yeah, keep moving forward guys and uh, give yourself the space to catch up. Mm -hmm. Ah, sage advice. Thank you. With that being said, Mary, congratulations. You survived the Proust questionnaire. Um, yeah, woo! When we get back after a quick break, we'll just do a little bit of a debrief about your answers, and then we'll see you after. But for now, quick break by our or sponsored by, rather, our friends at Anchor. And a uh, quick little plug, if you'd like these podcasts, please think about subscribing. And if you'd like to contribute to the podcast, please consider going to anchor.com and search Music Speaks Podcast. Also, in all caps, written by Sean, if you're interested in inquiring us to do a specific podcast, write to us at musicspeaks.pod at gmail.com or send a mole right, via mole, mole messenger that can dig all the way to my house. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose carrier pigeon works too. Yes. Um, again, uh, it's time to take a break. Sponsored by Anchor, um, with more discussion on per on uh, Mary's answers on its way. Okay, and we're back with Mary after talking about her great answers from the Proust questionnaire. And Mary, something that was really interesting that I thought was worth discussing was the first question that you gave us, which was your ideal of perfect happiness. And you said your, your answer to that question was there was no answer big enough to answer that question. And you said that it's a mystical thing. It almost feels like you need to have a full belly. Words that you said, and it also centers on location. Do you want to maybe elaborate a little more on that? Oh, location simply relative to other people, um, not necessarily like location, location, location. Um, and if you guys are still with us this far, you know, um, I hope that maybe you have a more direct answer than I do to this question. But um, yeah, I, I, my idea of, you know, there's no phrase too big that can encapsulate it. And, it, and that's mostly just because like the sky is not the limit for me and I don't want it to be and it won't be for my children. And that's just not how I want to live. So um, I think happiness, and it's not really even intrinsically connected to like success in any way. It's uh, choosing to to look further, right? To move forward, to keep moving forward. <laughs> and something that I also mentioned was, I know that we talked a little bit about those sexist questions, like what do we think about males, what do we think about females? But the one thing that I really enjoyed with your answer about talking about a trait that you really really look forward in women is the eye the side eye fear look <laughs> have you have you yourself attempted that before oh uh, honey i have a brother <laughs> um, yeah and uh <laughs> i also uh, have substitute taught middle school band right. Sean, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to say that mine works. 
Mm. But, um, you know, I stick it up to the wall every now and then, see if it sticks. And, you know, I get dice results. So. <laughs> <laughs> and then one of the last questions that you answered was about not doing drum corps. So if you were to do drum corps now, let's say you had you were at a legal age to join drum corps, what core would you join and why? That's a good question. Um, I mentioned Phantom. I actually, um, I grew up like a big Phantom Regiment fan and like, um, I, I'm the worst person in the world when it comes to telling you what year something happened. So please don't ask me for shows with years, please. <laughs> You know, stay away from me for that. But like um, the fact that they pulled out Harmonic Journey again is uh, a huge deal. And um, I also think that the technique, because um, I know a little bit more, uh, I have friends that teach through Phantom. So I know a little bit more about like how they teach. So I think um, I'd probably, probably end up doing Phantom if I could choose. But also like a huge part of me, the, the crown brass sound, which three years later, four or five years later, since um, Matt Harloff has been working magic. And I know he's been there much longer, but um, I feel like uh, Carolina Crown became the big deal um, right as I was getting out of undergrad or like mid undergrad or so. And so a huge part of me would just like love the chance to play with their brass line. Mm-hmm. And there's so much money in their shows, but. Okay, Hunter, uh, your question. Yeah. So about her. Look, sorry. About her answer. Oh, yeah. Um. So in in looking at some of your questions, obviously, you know, we talked a little bit about the like, who would you be, pipe organ? I thought that was really funny. Um, <laughs> because I mean, like, there are so many like ways that psychologically you could interpret that, but we don't need to. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just blow hot air. Thanks. <laughs> Um, no, but one of the things that, um, you did talk about, which, uh, I did want to rebring back up, um, is that, you know, you, you wish to have the power of empathy and, uh, what about that do you think is what you would want to, like, what about the power of empathy made you want to have it? Um, I'll try to keep this short. So... I have no better way to say it than I do have a lot of experience with grief. Um, Mm -hmm. I have no living grandparents. Um, You know, I lost my dad and um, I lost uh, a few like aunts and uncles. um, And uh, I actually, one of my cousins passed away last week and um, my condolences. It's it's all right. I just, I realized, you know, this is dark, but um, I think with empathy, because um, like I never, I don't think I have the strength to be a grief counselor, but I think the people that do um, carry an extreme weight. And I think that if you had the ability to put your hand on someone and instantly know how and why contextually they are feeling the way that they are, because we, there are no words to describe certain emotions, and I do think mm-hmm. that grief is one of those that is impossible to perfectly describe. So when it comes to getting acute, directed help for something, um, I think that 
if I were an empath, I would stop being a music teacher for that reason. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Um, my other question was, uh, you know, you mentioned how like you're you're sort of a an introverted extrovert. Um, and I know obviously you had a, a, a more difficult time explaining the difference. And I know exactly what you mean because in, in some ways I feel the same way, uh, which I'm sure we'll get to when I, when I have to take the questionnaire. But how do you reconcile the difference between the two? Can you do that one more time? I'm so sorry. You glitched between, between the oh. two what? Uh, be between the, the introversion and the extroversion oh, necessary oh. in your life. Oh, that's a good question, man. Um... I don't know. It's kind of like salt and pepper on your end. Um, you can't go overboard with salt. So I think salt is definitely the extrovert side. Um, so if you can imagine like bright, but quick, like I um, am, <laughs> unfortunately, I, I don't know if you could tell, but I'm a long one in person and um, my students <laughs> about me, but um, I do think that when I am channeling or, the, or putting on my mask and like trying to be the, the, the butterfly so other people don't have to <laughs> um, mm -hmm. or, or won't and I need people, you know, um, I think that the key to that is imagining like, you know how uh, when you take a, a picture, you like press and then wait 10 seconds and like do the pose um, so there's a timer on it. I think if you can imagine like an extrovert cool down gauge <laughs> <laughs> for like extroverted energy and you only have a certain amount. And so in order to like refill that at all, you have to like draw a pentagram and sacrifice something every day. Like that's the ability, <laughs> the amount of, of um, energy it needs to, you know, for that to refill for someone like me. But I don't know. That's mm -hmm. probably a, silly way to answer that but that'd be a hard that's a hard question for anyone <laughs> no i i agree it's just it's, you know i always find it interesting because people obviously have their own way they think about themselves versus how other people see them mm -hmm. um so it's you know um and my last question has to do with um your your heroes and you know, you listed your mom, you listed your partner's mom. What about them? Do you think what what may, gives that heroic quality? And obviously, we're not talking about the running into the burning building kind of hero, but mm -hmm. obviously, the the acts are comparable enough that we look up to those people. Um. So I think when you guys think of you know. I don't know, when you guys answer these questions on the other episodes, perhaps you'll understand. But um, I, sorry, I thought I had a good way to formulate this and now I'm just walking myself out. I, I, either way, I think that both are people who stand up for what they believe in, period. Mm -hmm. um, like, for instance, my mom, um, I'm not going to get too deep into it, but like, my mom lost my dad, you know, and then she raised my brother. <laughs> the hell he and the he mm -hmm. is. I gotta love him. And you know, <laughs> she is also the kindest person I've ever met. Um, and would give everything she had to someone if she knew it would help them. Um, it's sometimes to her detriment, 
in some ways. Um, and I think that it's important that you, I, I think people give up on others way too much. We make the excuse that that's not worth my time or that's not worth my brain cells. Like I need these brain cells. And the reality of it is um, we, I mean, we're only here, you know, once. So, and that's what we kind of reflect on. I think this time of year for everyone is we get another chance to do it all again, luckily. And so I think, um, and I'll say, you know, in terms of my boyfriend's mom, why she made that list too, because a lot of us think, you know, or at least when I talk to people about in-laws or I hear in-laws, it's like, oh dear God, um, mm -hmm. and they're not in-laws yet. But um, she, uh, one of her children, you know, um, is on the autism spectrum and the time that they were in school was a really, really, really hard time for them because their school district treated them so poorly. Um, so there are a lot of old stories about her, you know, being the mama bear and like, mm -hmm. I can see it. And she always wins the arguments with Corey, which I think is, uh, you know, <laughs> aspiring to be. Um, but, <laughs> Implying you don't. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, if you guys are still with me at this point, I, the people that are important to me in my life are the ones that um, truly stick by, you know, what they believe in. And um, they fiercely hold on to the people in their lives without letting go. So. All right. Very nice. All right, Sean, anything else? You are known. I'm gonna throw that <laughs> up. <there. laughs> uh, it was so great to have you be our first participant in the Proust questionnaire. Thank you so much. Um, this was so fun. Yeah. People usually say at the end of this interview, uh, "Did you lie at all throughout your answers?" Um, I wouldn't say I lied, but I might have diverted the truth. Um. Uh, in search of uh, brighter pastures for today. <laughs> uh, very truthful. All right, y'all. Very excited to have Mary here, and we'll be back for the outro, so stay with us. Hello, everybody. We just wanted to briefly mention that when Mary had mentioned Betty White, we realized that today she had passed, and Betty Marion Ludden is a American actress and comedian, a pioneer of early television with a career spanning over nine decades. She is noted for her vast work in the entertainment industry, and she had passed away on this day, December 31st, 2021. We would like to wish her family well, and we would like to know that she was in our hearts on creating this podcast. Mary said that she was a great inspiration for those before and after her, and very happy just to have known her. We'd like to say thank you, Betty, and we love you, and we'll see you in the pictures. Hey, 
Hey everyone, and welcome back to Music Speaks. Um, if you're still here with us, miraculously, by the end of this episode, then you've been listening to me talk a little bit, um, reflecting on my 2021 and looking forward into 2022. Um, it's been really fun to get to do that with Sean and Hunter, and I can't wait to do their episodes as well to, to hear what they are thinking about. And um, so anyways, uh, Sean, you still wanna be friends? How do we feel? <laughs> Of course, I still want to be friends with you. What did you learn about um, me? You know, the, the one thing I, I always knew about you were, was how... I always knew how intellectually sound you are as a person. Um, and if I was going to bring this up very quickly. One of the phrases I do hear you say a lot is, I don't know. But in contrary belief, I do think you do know a lot of the things that you're saying. And, and one thing I did notice about your answers to the questionnaire was just how deeply and thought-provoking that you were when you answered these questions with such grace and such nobility. So I do appreciate that, that, uh, that, that candor for you. Uh, so, so thank you very much for, uh, applying and being a part of this uh, conversation. Well, thank you for having me. You know, I wouldn't be here if it weren't for you guys asking me to be here. So I appreciate it. Well, um, I, I'm glad that, you know, that came for you. So Hunter, um, I know that, we kind of met each other through the show and we don't know each other super, super well, but I've really enjoyed getting to know you. So what did you learn about me through the questionnaire? Uh, well, for the record, I also have enjoyed getting to know you. Um, and I think this was a very, uh, a very um, uh, comprehensive way of adding to that knowing and learning. Um, and I think something I learned most is uh, how deeply you care for those close to you. Um, there's a sentimentality that um, perhaps one would not know if they did not talk to you about it because it's not something that generally comes up in conversation. So I think it's good that, um, or, or it's insightful to get to know that. I can appreciate that. Yeah, sometimes we don't end up uh, talking about your greatest hits over tea, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I appreciate that. Thanks for listening, guys. And we hope to see you all again. And next time we will sit down with the one, the only, the Hunter Sagona to answer his questions of the uh-huh. questionnaire. Oh, I'm Mary Haddock. Sorry, guys. I'm just listening to Sean over here. <laughs> and I'm Sean Ramkunis. And I'm the Hunter Sagona. And always remember to keep listening to what you love. <laughs>